Hello and welcome to Dread Lightly, the podcast of two dinosaurs talking about books over a nice cup of tea. It's Furex and Raptor coming all the way from Germany and Australia to talk to you about today's book, Vampire Academy, by Richelle Mead. It's the first book in the Vampire Academy series, which I think is a whole of six books. It is indeed. Shadow Kissed Rose. <laughs> yeah. So I bought my copy of the book when the fourth novel was coming out. Because, you know, that's super cool. I have no idea when that was. Here, let me bring up the Wikipedia page. <laughs> or at least I had the Wikipedia page open. There it is. Publication history. All right, so the Vamp- Vampire Academy was released in 2007. The fourth one was released in 2009. That makes sense. I think I got this when we were in high school. I yeah. think I read it in... Maybe 2013, something like that. Yeah. So I think when they announced, yeah, I think when they announced um, shooting the movie, I started reading it. What is it with you and reading the books for movies? Don't you read any book before the movie comes out? I don't know. I think a lot of the books are actually fine because somebody announces a movie that is based on the book. Hmm. I know that there are a couple of books that I have that are going to be made into TV shows. Because somebody just bought the rights to. Should I be getting you on board with reading those first? <laughs> I mean, it depends. I mean, look at um, The Discovery of Witches. Technically, Warner Brothers bought the, the rights to that one, had it lying around for five years, and then the BBC bought it off them. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know who just buying the rights doesn't always make it a movie. Okay, somebody started writing a screenplay. Anyway. Mm, okay. But... Well, I mean, given that we've already touched on the movie, how do we think the movie represented the characters in the book? Mm, I think the movie was actually pretty pretty close to the books for once. Yeah. At least the themes all pretty much lined up. Yeah, and all the main points did too. I... I think they even li- had, like, direct quotes from the book, which I yeah. liked. Yeah, actually... Which I found more lame when they were said out loud. <laughs> yeah, because they always sound better in your head, don't they? Yeah, this is a teenage-directed book. I think it's yes. much higher quality than the other teenage books that we've done so far, <laughs> but it's still a teenage novel written yes. for a teenage audience, most probably teenage girls. Okay, do we? are we doing spoilers yet? Should I read the blurb first? Yes, you go ahead with the blurb. Only a true best friend can protect you from your immortal enemies. Lisa Dragomir is a Moroi princess and a mortal vampire with an unbreakable bond to Earth's magic. She must be protected at all times from Strigoi, the fierce and most dangerous vampires, the ones who never die. I'm doing a lot of gesticulating again. Um, (laughs) The powerful blend of human and vampire blood that flows through Rose Hathaway, Lisa's best friend, makes her a damphia. Rose is dedicated to a dangerous life of protecting Lisa from the Strigoi, who are hell-bent on making her one of them. After two years of illicit freedom, Rose and Lisa are caught and dragged back to St. Vladimir's Academy, hidden in the deep forests of Montana. Rose will continue her Danfia education, and Lisa will go back to being queen of the elite Moroi social scene, and both girls will resume breaking Academy hearts. 
Fear made Lisa and Rose run away from St. Vladimir's. Inside the Academy's iron gates, their world is even more fraught with danger. Here, cutthroat ranks of Moroi perform unspeakable rituals, and a secretive nature and love of the night creates an enigmatic world full of social complexities. Rose and Lisa must navigate through this dangerous world, confront temptation of forbidden romance, and never once let their guard down, lest the Strigoi make Lisa one of them forever. Feel that coffee. I mean, ah, once again, the blurb is just way too over the top. Way too over the top. And also, performing unspeakable rituals? <laughs> yeah, it makes it sound like they're doing blood sacrifices somewhere in the back closet. Which they do in the movie, but like not in the... They do kind of the Mia and the boys, and they do that yeah. thing and write on the walls. Cool. I like this book. I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five. Again, it's written for a, a younger audience, but it's got strong themes. It's well written. Use a simple language. You can really connect with it. And then being a 17-year-old girl who also dated a 24-year-old guy, I think, you know. <laughs> you, felt for, you felt for that. I did fall for that. And now that I'm older, I look back and go... Ew. But I was an old soul, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They always are, aren't they? Yeah, but look, I actually am. How old am I? 50? 60? I mean, you're just old. I was born old. (laughs) Yes, basically. Anyway, but she is not an old soul in this book. No, no, no. I mean, there are a couple of fucking quotes. Um, No, I, I did like the books. I think it was a like a pretty good read, but I, I don't think I would give it more than three stars. I did get the occasional chuckle out of out of it, which I do like. So I have to say the the movie was slightly more cringe, but also made it more funny. Yeah, and it was literally the best present I've ever bought you, right? <laughs> I don't know. My Purex suit is probably still on spot one. That's just your true skin. I just helped you find your true skin. Sure. One of the things I actually also liked, um, the, the dumpiers in the books. Oh, yeah? Which in the books are like the half-vampire, half-human mm-hmm. hybrids. I actually do like that that's like a real legend that she took from the, um, the Balkan folklore. Okay. Where they had dampiers, which were hybrids between uh, vampires and humans. Well, yeah, Strigoi is, uh, is the, as we spoke about in The Witcher, it's like the Polish and that kind of regional word yeah. for va- just vampire in general, isn't it? Or blood eater? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is my first contact with any of that kind of like Russian-Baltic kind of mythology. And I think it's a really nice introduction to a large extent you get all of the names and all the words and with a little bit of context but it's not too dry it's it's a really good way of interweaving all of that like i mean also we don't have any i don't think we have any other like creatures in here do we we have like the no we just stick to vampires and their ilk yeah which, on the one hand, makes it all a bit simpler, 
but sometimes it's also I don't know. Well, we we have I like stages of villains. I feel like we don't need any more creatures. I mean, there's the Psyhounds, but they're literal. They're just like dogs. Yeah, and they're mentioned I think once. <laughs> and that's yeah, about it. Uh, there's a couple of times. They're in the beginning and they're in the end. Shall we do a spoilery section now? Is it spoilers yes. time? Yes, it is spoilers time. Spoilers. <laughs> Okay, cool. Just quickly, like, relating movie to book. I like the movie casting of everybody except Rose. Because Rose is supposed to be not at all like the Maroi. She's not thin, not white, not anything. She's like, she's the skin the colour of an almond. Is the quote in the book. She's, like, a little bit tan. She's been outside in the sun. And the chick who plays her is very white. (laughs) True, although... Oh, and just, like, in general, as somebody who works out sometimes, none of the characters have any muscle on them. Like, even when we're checking out Dimitri, he's, like, buff in a duster. And that guy, the actor, is quite buff. But we never see, like, muscle on anyone. And there's a whole section in the book where she goes about, like, all the damphier women who who do this job end up with their their skin breaking down and their looks, like, being broken from them because it's a harsh life. We don't encounter any other female damphier. Yeah, it's... I I don't know if they ever gave a reason why female damphiers aren't as... As many are there any more in general? They do, they do in the book. But, yeah, it's definitely strange in the movie that they don't show the muscles, especially since all of these kids have been training at combat and all that since Rose is training probably combat kindergarten. She was four. Yeah. Yeah. So she should. they should all probably look more like a mini Hulk. Yeah. Even if she's been not working out for four, for two, two years. Two years, yeah. You still, like, your muscle mass doesn't degrade immediately. But also none of her classmates are, like, ripped either. No, the great thing, um, I think Mason, her, her best friend, in oh. the movie is, like, the thinnest, thinnest, gangliest guy ever. And he's got a little bit of pudge. He's just a little bit yeah. pudgy. But he's nice. Anyway, okay, so let's talk plot then, shall we? Yes. Okay, so we, the book opens with... Lisa having a nightmare. Yes, which we don't really know yet because we are seeing it through Rose's eyes, I think, or something. Um, Yeah, so Rose wakes up to Lisa's nightmare. We do uh, pretty much immediately know it's a nightmare and that it's not Rose's. We don't understand how she's... Having other people's nightmares. (laughs) Yeah, having somebody else's nightmare. We then, we race to Lisa. Lisa needs to eat and she's a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. But, you know, they couldn't feed off the roommate who was awake. But anyway. Also, is it ever addressed in the books if they could also drink just animal blood? No, that's not really addressed in the books. Because that would be super easy to get from butchers. Especially if you're on the run and hiding. That seems like a better way than just regularly drinking of your best friend. Just saying. Your guardian. The one yeah, who's supposed like, to protect you from the bad guys. You have to protect me, 
But you also have to feed me at your own cost, sorry. Yeah. Which kind of is the problem, right, in the opening. But again, yeah. they're children. And these are kind of the decisions that children would make. Yeah, pretty much. So the opening is that they get captured because Rose is woozy, not up to scratch, and Lisa is starving, to a large extent. Yeah, and they're they're captured by... Sorry? They don't eat the roommate. That just surprises me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially since we later find out that that Lisa can, like, mind-control people. I'm surprised they haven't... We find out Lisa can mind-control people in that opening scene. She takes the roommate's car keys. Oh, right. So basically they could have mesmerized somebody to follow them around as a living blood bag. Yeah. Oh, people. I mean, I know they're young, but even they should have come up with a questionable idea like that. They left at 15, so, like... I mean, they managed to survive outside without knowing anything about living outside. Yeah. So you would think they would come up with a couple of not-stupid ideas to survive properly. Yeah. And look, I get it in a pinch, use Rose, but they're well-established there in the book. Anyway, so aside from our us being very pedantic, or no, me being very pedantic about that point, <laughs> they get caught and taken yes, back by to the, the... by the actual, like, guardians of the school. Yeah. And here we also get the introduction of Dimitri, the, like, badass guardian who is now assigned to protect Lissa, because Lissa is, like, royalty among the vamps. Yes, she is the last daughter of the Dragomir line. Actually, the last person of the Dragomir line. And in the run, I think, to become the next, like, queen. Uh... Ish, she definitely has the title of princess, but there is more vampire politics that we don't get to until book five. Yeah, but just like for context, technically all the, I think, Maori royalty people are kind of in the running for the for the leadership yeah, position. Yeah, so you can be king or queen if you're from one of the 12 great family, Maori families. Basically. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't come up to later, but I've figure it doesn't really matter um should we get into the whole accident backstory yeah we can cover that up i mean that's what lisa's nightmare is about is the accident yeah so the fact that she's the last one is just because there was a car accident in which i think her brother and her parents died yeah and technically also rose but lisa used some super special fancy powers to bring her back from the dead which is where the bond comes from. Yeah. And that bond is the reason that she can like see her nightmares and sometimes just see through her eyes, which is super creepy. Yeah. Bit of an invasion of privacy. But it also gives <laughs> yes, us a chance bit. to slip into a third character or a second character's perspective. Yeah. It's very plot convenient at times. Yeah. This is listed as a romance book. But this doesn't follow, like, their traditional trajectory of a romance. This is a real slow build on the romance part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I I did like that compared to the general, ooh, she's hot, oh, he's so attractive and charming, mmm, they have to love each other now. I love the the running diatribe and be like, and I have a crush on my mentor. (laughs) Sorry, Mason. (laughs) Cool, so they get kidnapped back to school. Despite the fact they don't want to be there. 
And they decided yes. to stick it also, out. Also to their school in rural Montana. Like, where do the vampires go for training? Oh, I know. Montana. Yeah, it's just super secluded and there are a lot of mountains. It makes it hard to <laughs> run away. But also hard to attack. Which I think is the point. The yeah, real point. Not the hard to run away part. <clears throat> so, Rose only gets to stay at school because... Lisa uses compulsion, and Dimitri notices that they have the bond, which is <laughs> the, bond. the bond. This mystical connection between Guardian and uh, Maroi. Uh, there hasn't yeah. been one of these in m- millennia? No, that's too far. Lots of years. Many, many years. Multiple <laughs> Probably generations. Probably a couple of decades. Decades? No, I'm hundreds of years, at least. Uh, yeah, okay. If there was somebody in the last, like, 50 or 60 years that had the bond, then we would know more about what's going on, and it would be such a, like, plot point. Because there would be yeah. stuff written down about what the fuck's going on between them. <laughs> Although we do find a couple of accounts later, like, really old ones. Yeah. Really old. Um, not 50 or 60 years ago. <laughs> yes, it's mine. I mean, we also get that really fucked up scene of them sitting in the the headmistress's office and she's just like well you know what we should just throw you out so you can become a blood whore and it's just like okay woman who put you in charge of children yeah there's a lot of that and blood whore in this context is somebody who uh has sex and and feeds the maroi partner during yeah intercourse it is not tonight. It is not a term of endearment, that's for sure. It's about as no. bad as it sounds. Yes, yes, pretty much. Yeah, but I think we have Dimitri, like, standing up for Rose because of that bond, and it's like, well, I'll mentor her, it'll be fine, and then... Yeah, uh, reluctantly, he agrees to, to mentor her and give her double training so she actually can pass her exams this year. Yes, and at that part, we have one of my... One of my um, favorite quotes in that book, um, where Dimitri goes like, she's disrespectful and wild, and she just goes, what, a disrespectful? Who the hell are you anyway? Outsourced help? Yeah. And, and the headmistress going, um, like, um, he's, her, he's her guardian for now, and, like, making it clear that Rose isn't. And Rose just goes, you got cheap foreign labor to protect mm-hmm. her? Yeah. Starting the ongoing joke about Dimitri being from Siberia and inherently Russian now. Yeah, well, he is from Siberia and he is Russian. They call yes. him the Russian god, or at least all the <laughs> guardians around him do, because he's just amazing in combat and also just, like, pretty damn sexy by the sounds of it. Yeah, they're definitely putting him up as the, this is going to be the Roman's interest. Look here, look here. Yeah, he's man meat. It's great. <laughs> he's also 24. Rose is Which, 17. Yeah, I mean, they they make it out to be such a gigantic age difference. Yeah, Although well, I mean, Dimitri has a whole spiel about it later in the book, but yeah. Yeah, the same age difference if they both were like 15 years older would mean literally nothing. Oh, yeah. So For sure, very... if he was, like, 22, it wouldn't mean anything. No. But, yeah, it's all a bit... 
I like Indeed. the whole I like the whole part where Rose goes, he's old enough to be my well, not well, nothing really. <laughs> yeah. Alright, cool. Moving on with the plot, not getting distracted by <laughs> Dimitri. <laughs> by Menhead. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So Rose goes into effectively lockdown. She's not allowed to do anything social or have any fun. She just gets to go to classes and extra training. That's literally it. Uh, yeah. They start school, there are rumours abound about where they went, the pervasive rumour that exists in every girl's school, and apparently co-ed school, is that she disappeared to have an abortion. That's the <laughs> ongoing it's just Yeah, it's great. It's so close to home. I mean, did your school have this? We definitely had, like, two kids who, like, dropped out in year 10, and they were like, oh, they went off to have a baby, and you're like, no, they just went to Tate, like, they just went to trade school. Well, we had it the other way around. We had a chick come back in year 10 that had a baby and now came back to school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, we, we kind of had that. I guess it was less of a rumor then. <laughs> well, she had the actual baby with her one day, so <laughs> hard to fake that one. Yeah, 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 all right. We went <laughs> oh, yeah. to school in and... different places, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> German school system. <laughs> Yeah, we basically also get the whole school drama here of Lisa used to be like on, on top of the social ladder back yeah, back in her day, and now she's the yeah the weird outsider who came back after running away from school. Yeah, and and she doesn't really want to go back to the way it was, whereas Rose like fits straight back in. She's a massive extrovert, and she's yes. flirting with boys and chatting with people and like. People stop staring at her less because she's exactly the way that everybody remembers. They have more of an issue with Lisa just because she's not the way she was before. She's yeah, not true. as outgoing. Also, I do like the whole um, the whole friendship between Rose and uh, Mason. Oh, yeah. Which just went right back to how they used to be. Like that one scene where where he's staring at her and she just goes, wipe the drool off your face. It's, mm. it's like, think of me naked on your own time. And he's like, well, I'm leading the session today. And she's like, oh, I think so it's it your is time then. <laughs> so go ahead and think of me naked. And then somebody in the back shouts, it's always a good time to think about you naked. Yeah. The, the, it just sounds like the Dampiers have a lot more fun than the other people do. <laughs> the Novice Guardians are a bit of a rougher bunch. They're mostly dudes. And I feel like anybody who's worked in a heavy, heavily male-dominated industry, policing and stuff like that, where everybody's a little bit rougher around the edges, I think that's kind of the vibe she's going for with the Dampiers. These are people yeah. that work hard jobs, hard labor, and not with not a lot of reward. And that's just yeah. kind of the attitude that they give off. I mean, the whole the whole way that Dampiers are described with the whole. They just exist to take care of the Moroi. Like, the Moroi always come first. It's, it sounds almost close to slavery. It, yeah, it doesn't sound like a great life. Thing. Yeah, and all of the people who decide to not follow the line of we have to create modern peers get shunned from society. Yeah, or I think the biggest drama that we hear about is two guardians that run off to be with each other rather than... Like, yeah, a, a they female don't... guardian has walked away to have a baby, which is yeah. relatively common. And the main reason that there aren't a lot of Damphia women is because they do choose to have a family, and that's really hard to do when you're constantly in the combat role, effectively. 
Yeah, and also I think for the first couple of books, actually, Dampiers are like sterile, at least with each other. So it, okay. Yeah, the Dampier-Dampier relationships don't produce children. Dampier-humans don't produce children. And oh, no, I think they do, Dampiers and humans. Well, but they don't turn out to be Dampier most of the time. They just make more humans. So the, no, that's not the case in, well, at least in the first book. Maybe it changes later. Having just reread it, I was I made a note of this scene because they went to say that it's only Dampier and Maroi that produce Dampiers. Maroi can have sex with... Humans, they produce dampiers. Dampiers can have sex with moray, they also produce dampiers. Humans and dampiers can't have uh, can't have children, and dampier dampier can't. And the moray and moray are necessary to make more moray. Yeah. It's a big, that's why there are a lot of, like, moray men and female dampiers, and that's why the blood whore thing kind of, like, sets up, and there's these weird communes that exist, which is what we find out later, where Dimitri was raised, where... The Moroi men basically just come a-calling. Um, yeah, make a couple more dampiers and then leave after they had their fun. Yeah, and go back to their Moroi wives and lives. There aren't a lot of Moroi women that would stoop to have the child of a, a dampier guy, and they end up kind of just accepting the fact that they'll never have any kids of their own, which is a yeah. little Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it just drives home the whole point of Dampiers being Less a lot than. lower in the fucking hierarchy than they even see themselves. Like, most of the Dampiers aren't like, well, this is kind of a shit situation. They're like, well, we're doing it for honor and glory and all that shit. Yeah, it's their job. We must strive for it. You know? Yeah. It is very culty. Yeah. Cool. How far did we actually get in the storyline? <laughs> this point <laughs> once again super sidetracked today okay super well sidetrack. okay so they're setting back into their trying to set settle back into their old lives um we also get introduced to lisa's cousin natalie that mm. they now hang around with since the cool kids don't want to hang around with them anymore well i think partially um, too they make that as an active choice to hang around with natalie because apparently natalie didn't want to be cool she was content with her position as a social outsider and Rose is like, this is good. This is good for us. We can be slightly on the outside, but it's, everything is fine. She's nice. <laughs> yeah. And we also we also get an introduction to uh, Lisa's ex-boyfriend, Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Who's like on top of the ladder with some Mia chick that came out of nowhere to take the hotspot. Yeah. So Mia seems to have asserted herself into the role that was previously filled by Lisa in the in the old lives yeah so um, good on yep, her yep. we also uh, get an introduction to to christian who's like uh, another outsider yeah he hangs around in a church so everybody knows he's not bad yeah there were Here a couple of questionable yeah. <laughs> again he's a teenage boy yeah he's like He's the emo kid, basically. He is so the emo kid. He always wears black, too. She makes a point of mentioning that. <laughs> yes, multiple times. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So then they so... do school things for a while. We have quite a few chapters of them being tormented at school and shit sucks and Rose having to go through training montages. Um, <laughs> yes, and debating of running away again. <laughs> Yeah, and then we get the first kind of, like, attack on Lisa. It's a cat, I think? Yeah. 
Yeah. So somebody puts a dead cat in Lisa's room, and Rose is in the middle of training. She's just finished running, like, I'm going to say, a very, very long distance. <laughs> Something in miles, but that units don't mean anything to me. Um, stupid units. Um, she, yeah, so, so I think, she it, runs, I think it was a lesson with Dimitri where she has to run in yeah, a couple of, a I don't know. Away. Yes, she has to run a couple of Kennedys or Nixons. Or I don't know, what, what do the Americans use? Stupid units. So after she, she runs run, a couple of gallons. <laughs> she runs some horsepower and then proceeds, um, Lisa proceeds <laughs> to find this cat attack. Then we see Rose run the fastest gallon of her life as she runs to Lisa. Uh, she beats out Dimitri, who's trying to talk to her and tell her, ask her what's going on. She's like singularly driven, the most focused he's ever seen. He's like, I don't know what happened. And yeah, just straight to her. And they, they're like, well, we're not really prepared for violent teenage bullying. Um, we're mostly <laughs> yes. prepared for an attack from a military group. And like, that's great. Right. You have, like, Dimitri, this, like, proper fighter who's had, like, street guy kills and everything, and now he's standing there in this fucking like, teen... Yeah, in this teen drama, and just, oh, for God's sake, we never set up a protocol for bullying. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's a huge high school. Why did nobody ever set up any guidelines for bullying? Look, that's because... Previous to 2007, bullying was just considered, like, toughening up your kids. <laughs> it's part of school and life. I mean, the whole Strugoi always pretend to be so much better than the entire world. You would think they would have some better social rules at some stage. No, 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 no. They think they're better than everyone else because they live by archaic social rules. <laughs> yeah, to some extent, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, and Rose decides that, you know what? It's been a rough day. I'm ready for some action. So she sneaks out to be with this guy, Jesse. Um, yes. They're gonna have a, a a Mariah, strong, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yes. And they're going to go and have a canoodle. Um, <laughs> At daytime. Yeah, which is like the middle of the night, because we haven't mentioned this yet, despite we've mentioned literally everything else that... <laughs> The Moroi schedule is nighttime. Big surprise. Although, I mean, they don't burn in the sunlight, which is... They just are not a fan. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, drains their energy or something, right? It's, like, yeah, not yeah. I mean, exactly it's like healthy. being out in the sun. It's hard work. Yeah. Some, the sun yes. just hates me. The sun hates all of us. It gives us cancer. That is not yeah. love. Some people less so. Yeah, but... People hmm. like me with literally no melanin. So I mean, the sun is racist, basically. Yeah. I mean, that, or we could get destroyed by an asteroid. Whatever floats you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of the deaths is a bit quicker and nicer than the other. So. Yeah. Surprise! He's an <laughs> asteroid. <laughs> okay, so... Then meeting up, getting into a bit of a canoodle, and I think that's when he's kind of attempting to go for a bite there? No, he just kind of is kissing her neck and she reacts like she wants him to bite her because, you know, she's been a blood bag for two years and now she hasn't had that cool bite thing. 
And the high. Yeah, apparently being high. bitten also gives them like a rush. Yeah, a bit of a high. So, and that's when he, I think, kind of goes, hold on, you've definitely been bitten before. Yeah. And then in comes Dimitri. <laughs> being a huge cock block. Yeah, a huge cock block. And terrifies the living shit out of Jesse, who doesn't say anything. Because <laughs> he's a stand-up teenage guy. Because he just got beat up by a guardian for having a canoodle. <laughs> I mean, I think they're also not allowed to do anything at daytime other than sleep. Yes, no, there's no fraternizing allowed. They have separate dormitories. Um, yes, so he gets sent back to his rooms and Rose is like all lovey-dovey about Dimitri and I think she's standing there and just oh, bra going, yeah, and they have do you like something you see? Well, they have the eyes-locking moment, and the heat starts to rise, and she's like, him staring at me with his intensity is doing more for me than Jesse's kisses. And then and then I open my mouth and say something stupid, which is like, <laughs> do you like what you see? And he's yes. like, put a shirt on, blah, 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 and like walks away. And she's like, are you going to say anything? And he's like, rabble, rabble, rabble. Which we're like, great, this seems appropriate. Yeah. And that's when they call the cops and he gets arrested. <laughs> no, 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 that does not happen in this book. Oh, well. I think that's also when um, Lisa is starting to use a compulsion to get back into social club. She's uh, like, I've, I've got enough of this bullying shit. I'm going to uh, make them quite. like me again. She had more bullying first. So there's... An incident between Rose and Mia where Rose nearly punches Mia in the face for the thing she's saying about Lisa. And yeah, then understandable. Mia's like, bitch, I'm going to take you down too because teenagers. And yes. then Mia starts spreading rumors that Rose is a blood whore and let Jesse and this other character, Ralph, Ralphie, <laughs> sleep with her and drink her blood. And I mean, that, that's what she's making everybody believe. Yeah, that's the rumor that she's spreading. Um, and that kind of hits hard. That makes Rose feel shit. And then there's literally nothing that she can do about it. Kind of because she's just on probation the whole time. We get a lot of Rose crying at that point, And then Lisa being like, no, you're the strong one and I'm the weak one. And seeing you cry is like, I can't handle it. Fu- yeah, fuck. No, I have to be the strong one. Ugh. Well, less so. She seems to, like, take on the job pretty willingly. But that means that she ditches her life in hiding with Natalie and Christian, um, kind of, like, dumps them both on the curb, and proceeds to start using her compulsion to get people to be her friend and make Rose cool again. I mean, which is the, the typical cliche. You can't have the unpopular friends and the popular friends. You can only have one. Yeah, which kind of sucks. Yeah, and then more things happen. We get a lot of we get a lot of the transitional moments of like Rose becoming cool again, and then yeah, and her realizing that the popularity isn't exactly great for Lisa because it turns her into a bitch. Yeah, but it's also using the compulsion that turns into turns yeah. her into a bitch. So the more she uses this power that 
Um, Maroi aren't really supposed to be able to use another Maroi secret things. The more fractured she kind of gets, she gets more fragile and more angry. And Lisa's not considered an angry person at all in this. It's Rose that's the angry and violent and person that lashes <laughs> out. And it's weird to see this change in or this character shift. Yeah, I mean, Lisa also as later gets more, 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 let's explain, is using this, like, spirit power or whatever that yeah. technically also hasn't been seen for a really long time because usually the Mirai just, like, get to use, like, one of the elements as their main power. Think and spirit isn't really one of them. Avatar, Last Airbender. Like, yes, pretty much. There's... Earth users and fire benders and water benders and air benders and united in the middle. There's got to be one person who can use spirit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Lisa is not only a spirit user, she's an incredibly strong spirit user. She has strong control, like not a major control, but strong control over all of the elements. And also spirit. And spirit kind of, like, ups her ability to use compulsion. But she uses her own spirit when she does this, so she kind of get her character starts to deteriorate because she's using it for bad things. Yeah. I think there's also the underlying theme of Lisa self-harming. Yeah, so we get that a little bit later after the second animal gets put in her room, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so we have the, the next attack on her, even though she's now becoming more popular, I think. Yeah, she gets a a, ro- uh, a dove in her bag, and it's well and truly dead. And we see Rose like make an active effort to stop her going anywhere near it. And we have a couple of people being like pretty much immediately running over to her when she screams about there being a dead dove in her bag. And um, one of them is Natalie, and one of them is Dimitri, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Rose is interfering, blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah, we also get that that um, Sunday service where they talk about, like, the, the Saint Vladimir guy. Uh, yes. And Full of they're spirit. also in this, yeah. So in the sermon they're talking about how he also could heal people and also suffered from depression. Yeah, and that animals were drawn to him. Um, Lisa has a real affinity for animals. They're, yeah. So their animals are drawn to him. People are drawn to him when he speaks, which they're currently being drawn to Lisa because she's using yeah. potion to make <laughs> and make them cool and he them. also had a had a guardian, the like shadow something shadow kissed. Yes, who also had like a super special bond with him. Yeah. So. Uh, that so a happened. lot of similarities there. Yeah, and Rose is starting to put the pieces together and she has to go and get some old scrolls or some translations of some old scrolls to be like, I need to know more about the primary <laughs> sources. She yes, hates- so we're getting library montage. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, Rose hates school and she really like dwells on these primary sources and the amount <laughs> of reading she has to do. Yeah, and she actually gets in somewhat of contact with Christian because he's always hanging around the old scrolls in the library <laughs> in the in the top of the church yeah she gets so, it through Mason okay 
Hmm. I somehow remember them like becoming not really friends, but agreeing on the whole Lissa becoming That happens next. Wait. Mm, um, okay. So what ends up happening is that everybody's like, Rose is doing such a good job and everything is great. There's a school dance coming up and Lisa wants to go and buy new clothes because she's finally got her stipend allowance back yes. from her parents' estate. So they go shopping, but Rose Yay. gets to play guardian um, and work with Dimitri Ooh. really intimately in a pair. Um, and they, so she's the close guardian, and Dimitri is the far guardian, and she has to make regular eye contact with him. Ooh. Uh, they go shopping. Rose buys a bunch of sensible clothes because she has no winter gear for running around in the snow. And Lisa's like, you need to buy, like, fun things. You need to buy fun things. Picks out this dress. And Rose is like, ooh, that is a nice dress. But, like, I can't hide any weapons in that dress. And <laughs> I can't try that on. Like, it's not justifiable. And then Lisa goes, well, we're, we're going to buy it anyway. <laughs> like, I'm buying it anyway. We really hope that you, like, you, that it fits well because this is your size and I'm buying it. And that's kind of great. Um, they also ogle a necklace that uh, Lisa wants to buy her because it's a rose. And she thinks it's funny to buy rose rose things. Yeah, because everybody loves that. Yeah, oh, my God, yep. That would just, that sounds great. It's like and a necklace that spell your name. Yeah. Who the fuck needs that? Like, do I forget I my spell name? spell my name. It? Yeah. Like, the spelling is a bit because, weird, but I know how it's spelled. Especially because most necklaces can't actually spell my name. True, true. We'll have a race to see who can find their spelling first. <laughs> yeah, sure. It'll end like the keychain one, where it's <laughs> not even on the fucking thing. You've I'm actually got Elizabeth. one that <laughs> you've got one that actually says T Rex, and I've got one that actually says Raptor, because that's easier to find than our real names. Oh God! If anybody out there finds dinosaur names on any souvenir stand, let us know. <laughs> Send them to this, us. This I is want the dream. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So seeing that, um, yes, I'm not buying it because it's like, like super really expensive. expensive. Super expensive. They are, they get back, and Rose is like, eh, I did such a good job. And Demetri's like, yeah, you did. And she's like, yeah, I did. And, like, jumps up on a wooden bench and proceeds oh, wait. to fall. Wait, Sorry. we have that great, we have that great um, quote in the car on the oh, drive yeah. back. Where she's like, so, did you see the dress that I got? It was like, yeah, I saw the dress. And she's like, did you like it? And he didn't say anything, and she's like, yeah, I think that means he likes it. And then she goes, am I going to endanger my reputation if I wear that dress? And he goes, you'll endanger the school. <laughs> and she's just happy and falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, on the long drive back. Yeah, so they get back to school, and then uh, Rose is jumping around on the, like, the bandstand, grandstand, and uh, she falls through one of the beams that's rotted through. Yeah. And she, as far as she is aware, passes out. There's a great big snapping sound and she passes out and we wake up in the hospital. And uh, she gets the, the brilliant news that there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah, even though she's pretty sure that the last thing she saw was bone sticking out. Oh, at an angle. <laughs> yes. So we get that and the doctor's like, 
I mean, you made a lot of noise, but you're fine. I'd like you not to go to training tomorrow, like do any yeah, physical yeah. training tomorrow. Just, but like, we'll see how you go. Basically, calling her a drama queen because she's fine. Yeah, and Dimitri's like, yeah, I, uh, you, lots of complaining there for nothing happening. Sorry, let me see if I can find the quote. It was pretty good. I also like that one quote. I don't know if it was then or actually I think it was further later when he he was like, when I saw you fall and then she goes, you thought, wow, she's a loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just so fucking teenager. Um, here, so I've got the... Oh, yeah. So I'm glad you're better, he said. His, his mouth sounded like it was almost in my hair, just above my ear. When I saw you fall, you thought, whoa, she's a loser. That's not what I thought. <laughs> He pulled back slightly so he could see me better, but we didn't say anything. His eyes were so dark and deep, I wanted to dive right in. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Then the doctor arrives. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the doctor's like, oh, you're lucky with all that noise you made coming in here. I thought your foot had to be amputated. Must have just been the shock. <laughs> That's when she realized that um, Lisa must have healed her, right? Yes. Which is kind of weird, though, because it sounds like Dimitri was with her the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. So when did that mystery secrecy healing happen? <laughs> when she's in the hospital it. bed. But it sounds like when she came in, the doctors were already seeing that it wasn't that bad. Yeah, but Lisa didn't. Lisa was at her side as soon as they got into the hospital. So she yeah. did it like super sneakily, really fast. Yeah. It's convenient. Yeah, well, I don't think it takes a lot of f uh, a lot of time. Hmm. Yeah, she stayed right next to the bed up until the doctor came in. So she had time before the doctor came in. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, and then she's in the chapel attic crying, and she starts cutting. And so he goes... Yeah. And then I think it's Rose who goes to the headmistress and goes... Ah, uh, she goes to Dimitri first. Mm, okay. Yeah, so basically she's telling on Lissa in order to protect her and help her, but Lissa is like you fucking betrayed me, and just makes yeah. her popular again, and everybody hates well, her. Well, she doesn't do it actively. She just starts ignoring Rose, and so does everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, so from there, I think that's when we start talking to Christian kind of more actively, and she tries to figure out what more of the shadow kiss things mean, and she's like, you need to start hanging out with her again. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> she's Queen Bee again. Yeah, very, very teenage drama. So we're only a couple of days away from when she got injured. We're only a couple of days away from the school dance, and yeah. then I guess uh, Rose assumes that she's not going anymore because she's not in Lisa's good graces, and therefore she's probably not in anybody's good graces. But she still gets mm. to go. And Mason comes by and he's like, "Why are you not ready? Let's go! Like we're gonna have a party." And then she puts on the dress. She wears the yes. dress. She has her hair out like Dimitri likes like a light little bit of makeup, and the rose that she got as a gift from Victor for having such a good Doing first day in the garden. Yeah. Which you're like, oh, that's really sweet. So she's and wearing also her way rose. too expensive. Yeah, way too expensive. She's wearing her rose. She's being rose. She's hot to trot, <laughs> boobs on point, and out the door they go. So after the school dance where Mason gives uh, Rose his gift, which is that Jesse and Raph confess that they spread rumors about Rose because Mia slept with them. Dum, dum, dum. Because it's very important that Mia being the bad guy here 
also needs to be a slut because that is a bad thing. Well, I think that the, the more poignant thing is she slept with him while she was still with Aaron. So that hurting Rose and Lisa is more important than staying faithful to her boyfriend who she adores. I think that that's supposed to be the character insight you take rather than... Yeah, but I don't like the implication of, look, bad guy also sleeps around. Yeah, I think it's, I think, I thought it was supposed to be more the cheating that was supposed to take away from it. Because, like, we have, both Lisa and Rose are somewhat sexually active in this book. So I don't think there's supposed to be any, like, slut-shaming, per se. Yeah. I think it... Let's say we got different vibes out of that one. Yeah. Uh, Did you read it in English? Yes, actually I did. Okay, well then, yeah. I guess it's just interpretation then. Yeah, but in any case, I think we then have actually uh, Mia like somehow found out that Lisa has depression and she's cutting does herself. self-harm and yeah. just tells it everybody. So Rose finally gets to punch her and break her nose. Yeah, and then immediately Rose gets um, effectively arrested. Yes, good. I mean, she broke somebody's nose. You would think that the guardians were like, oh, mm, you probably need a timeout. Yeah, now. but it ruins the after party and a bunch of other things, and yeah, so everybody and has to go back to their rooms. And Lissa kind of runs away in horror that everybody knows about her now, and yeah, she runs up to the church and gets knocked unconscious. Dum, dum, no, no, dum. we find Christian first. And he's like, what do you think you're doing? And she's like, leave me alone. He's like, I know who you truly are. And she's like, yeah. And then they both gets, then Christian gets uh, attacked. And um, we see Rose, uh, Rose is in Lissa's mind at the time. Because yeah. it's a high stress situation. So she can't like not be in Lissa's mind. She gets and, like pulled in. Yeah. Uh, so she sees everything that's going on. And she's like, no, shit, I have to get to Lissa. And she's like, no, I need help. It looks like they were guardians. And so she runs to Dimitri's room. She, she says, Lisa, come and get me. So she does. Yeah. And she gets Which in. Which turns out to be mm, a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> bad idea or great idea? Um, well, all depends on the on the character's perspective, I would say. Yeah. So we have. So he opens the door. He's in his pajama bottoms. He's not wearing a shirt. And yes, and Rose just looks at him and goes, "Yummy." I don't think that was an issue. Yeah, and and everything else just kind of falls out of her mind. Particularly when he goes to, he touches her to try and like shake her, and then that it, mm, things change abruptly from that point onwards. Um, yes. Also, like at the beginning of the whole, like she trying to. She trying to kiss him and he being like, what the hell is going on? Stop that. Yeah, she's like, I, I can't, can't remember. The... It's too high up. I have to kiss his chest. <laughs> and there were a couple of weird quotes in that whole situation. I did write them down, but they were so cringy. Uh, okay, let's see if I can find them. And yes. And as soon as they actually start to touch, it's, it <laughs> seems whatever is affecting Rose seems to be affecting Dimitri too. Yeah. And that's when... Without- with almost a foot separating us, there was no way I could easily kiss his lips without his help. So instead, I aim for his chest, wanting to take the warm, smooth skin. Rose, he exclaimed, stepping back. What are you doing? What do you think? I moved towards him again, needing to touch him and kiss him. Are you drunk? <laughs> Don't I wish. 
but don't you think I'm pretty? Ugh. So then he grabs her, and, so, and, and something seized him too, and suddenly made him want me as much as they wanted him. She goes again, do you think I'm pretty? And he regarded me with utter seriousness like he always does. I think you're beautiful. Beautiful? You're so beautiful it hurts me sometimes. Ugh, man. romantic lines. He takes the dress off, and then, you got rid of the dress fast, I pointed out, between heavy breaths. I thought you liked it. He said, I do like it. His breath was as heavy as mine. I love it. And then he took me to bed. Yeah, it's very dramatic, in a way. I mean, yeah, teenage romance novels. I mean, what do you expect? Look, romance novels in general. Yeah. There's a reason why I don't go for romance novels. It just it makes me cringe. So oh, uh, look, I enjoy a good romance novel. As long as it's not, like, terrible. Like that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Nora Roberts. Anyway, moving promptly along. Yes. So those two are making out. And, I mean, like... So just before getting to the actual action... Dimitri, yeah. like, takes the necklace off, and it's like, oh, Oh, he realizes fuck. there's something going on, right? Yeah. And he takes it off, and he steps away from her, and he's, like, drooling with animal passion, and she's, like, groggy and kind of coming out of it. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I naked? And he's like, <laughs> and then he touches her again, and she goes back to being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he's like, no, clearly this is not consent. Um <laughs> And throws the necklace out the window, and she goes, holy shit, what are you doing? That's so expensive. <laughs> and and then yes, like, then oh shit, Lisa. realizing. Yeah. Yeah. So, bam, he, there was some kind of charm on the necklace, and now we're all back on track again. We're back on track. Back on track. Um, he, I know, my favorite part of that is, like, she puts the dress back on, and he goes, and puts a jumper on her. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, that, that, that line is not work appropriate. Yeah, this is not work appropriate. Um, and then immediately everybody takes it seriously, which I appreciate the fact that she's like, now nah, Lisa has been like kidnapped and something going on. And they go to the, the chapel and they find Christian who's like unconscious on the floor. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, we're going to take this seriously. And so they pretty much immediately get in the car and start chasing, chasing down... Lisa, Vasilisa. Which just sounds like Vaseline. Yes. I haven't made that decision before. All right. Man, fantasy, okay. fantasy names. Always those so, fucking names. Rose and Manmeat are chasing down Vaseline. Um, <laughs> they were trying to, they originally tried to leave Rose at home, but they had discovered that they weren't, that she's like, a, a, a Vaseline beacon. So they yes, and also like, why would you leave her behind? She's your best chance not only to find her but also to know what is exactly going on. Yeah, well, that's that's clearly why they they take her. But I think they weren't going to take her because she was a student. And they yeah. do realize that it was a hundred percent private guardians that kidnapped Lisa, which is really weird. And then we're switching between Rose's perspective in the car and what's going on with Lisa. Yes. We start with Vaseline. <laughs> so Lisa finds out that it's Victor, the uncle that gave Rose the necklace. And, um, and has Sofa been... has been just like the nice little old man that is kind of terminally ill. Yeah, 
Natalie's father, who's just been, like, super nice to them, playing a background role, like, not really around much, but always, like, super supportive of all of their decisions, takes always takes their problems seriously. And is terminally ill. Terminally ill, and he needs Lisa to heal him. Dum, dum, dum. But not just once, because it's a genetic disorder, and the healing won't. Yeah, like it would come back in order for over and over and over again. Yeah, and he was like, nobody would let me have you, and then there would be these ethics committees that got involved about (laughs) who you got to save and why. Yeah, especially since it would probably kill her at some stage. Eventually, it's gonna drive her insane. Yeah, not to mention that his plan is mostly to just keep her somewhere in a dungeon and just go to her whenever he needs healing. But he he's like, so do it of your own accord, and then, like, like it's not going to be that big a drama. And she's like, nope. And he's like, Kenneth! Um, <laughs> Kenneth is our handy-dandy tortury man who tortures her with air, so a lot of breath control stuff and, like, increasing the pressure around her brain in her skull, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very... I mean, it was just a short glimpse into it, but I like the idea of showing... What sort of shit you can also do with those um, elemental powers? Yeah. Because you think like, ooh, wow, you can control air. That must be super handy. And then you're like, oh, fuck, you can really torture people with that shit. Yeah. You know that thing you need to breathe constantly? (laughs) Bam! Yeah. So, funnily enough, Vaseline succumbs to torture and heals Victor. And he's like, woo, diggity dog, look at me, yo! Uh, and they put Lisa in a room and give her some food, but, like, not really because she's unconscious. Um, yeah. yeah, then we have Rosa thing finally getting to the but, scene, and Dimitri being, you've got to stay in the car because this yeah. is going to be handled by the professionals. Which is fair enough. They're going to go raid a building. Um, yeah. In the meantime, Lisa wakes up and goes, mm, I'm getting out of here. Uh, immediately <laughs> turns to her guy and is like, look me in the eye. And he's like, what? <laughs> And looks her yeah, just, dead in the eyes. Just just real little Britain kind of style. Look into my eyes. Don't look away. Don't look anywhere else. Just look into my eyes. One, two, three. You're in trance. Yeah. And she's like, whatever I do, whatever happens, you're not going to say anything. We cool, mate? We cool. We cool. We cool, bruh. All right. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These are not the droids you're looking for. So she so, starts making her escape. Yes. Out back, and I think. Yeah, and Rose goes, holy shit, people are coming. You need to stay there. Why is this only a one-way bond? Like, <laughs> who's coming? Anyway, so she goes to get out of the car and, like, pushes the seat back, and Christian goes, ow! And she's like, Christian, what the fuck are you doing in the car? And he's like, I'm a stowaway, clearly. And she and she's like, okay, we have to go and get Lisa. And he he's like, okay, cool. And don't you dare tell me that. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're coming with me. I'm not telling you to stay in the car. Um, teenage rescue mission. Teenage rescue mission. So off they go to find Lisa. And then we realize that all that running, it's done Rosa real good here because she keeps leaving Christian in the dust and he's like, don't wait for me. Go on. Um, <laughs> she does, which we're all really grateful for. She gets there just in time for the Psyhounds to start attacking Lisa. So she she's fighting a Psyhound off with a branch and there are two like circling around Lisa. So she's fighting off her Psyhound and she's Lisa's about to get snaffled and Christian comes out of nowhere and lights the thing on fire. No, he lights a... Sorry, that's the movie he lights one on fire. He's not that good <laughs> in the book. 
he lights the yeah. log on fire and starts trying to like scare them away with a fire log. <laughs> and then one of them circles around to the back and attacks Christian from behind. The log goes out. Rose beats her Saihound to death and starts on the one that's attacking Lisa. And then the well, other Christian just gets mauled. Well, Christian just gets mauled to death. Like, literally, almost to death. And then the other guardians rock up. They're the ones who've got weapons. This ends quite quickly now. But then <laughs> Lisa races over and is like, Christian, no! I don't have the strength! And Rose goes, eat me! And she does. <laughs> and then she heals Christian, and there's lights and magic, and it's all very pretty, and it's happily ever after. Yeah. No. I don't, do, do the other guardians actually see... Uh, yeah, the, they, the scene, yes, right? Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, I don't think anybody mentions that bit, because they're all like, but she saved Christian, so we're just going to keep this on a down low, because there was an extra student here, which we didn't think about. <laughs> well, if we tell them about them healing each other, we also have to tell them that we brought half of the teenagers there, so mm, uh, nothing happened. They start talking about the... The healing, though, about what Lisa can do and why she was kidnapped. And so that starts coming out, and they start working on a program with the ancient texts, right? Yeah. To see if they can get anything. And then Rose goes to see Victor. She kind of gets in because one of the Guardians is there and saw how, like, beat up she was and what she did and how cool she is. They let her (laughs) see Victor. And the line from the movie sticks with me more here. He's like, you've saved the day, you've got the superpowers, and all the little girl wants to know is, does the boy like her? Which is 100% why she goes to visit him. She's like, take this spell off, I can't handle it, I just love him. And he's like, no, 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 that's real feels. I just magnified them. (laughs) Ha ha, you caught feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he basically does the whole... James Bond villain? He just goes and rattles on about his evil plan all along? No, not yet. I mean, eventually. Yeah, but we have the weird guttural sounds that are coming from the front of the prison. And we're like, what? And then we turn around and Natalie walks in and like, oh, I don't think, he, I didn't think they were letting you see your dad. And she was like, well, they weren't. And then, but then I killed them and now I am. Yeah, and then she's like, now I am. And she's got, like, all the signs of having turned into a Strigoi. She lets her dad out, clearly. And he makes his escape. And he goes, try not to kill her. I like that one. Or, like, we could use her later. And she's like, okay, cool. And she's like, Natalie, what did you do? Why? She's like, because my dad is the chosen one. He's going to bring change. (laughs) And she's like, and he's going to help me make sure that I don't go crazy. And if I I do, he's just going to kill me. And it's going to be fine. Like, yes, very culty. Of anyone this much, yeah, super culty. Like, this isn't even the same cult that the Dampiers are in. Too many cults. Many cults. It's like Tiger King. (laughs) So then we have a fight between Rose and Natalie. And Rose loses. Which doesn't go well for Rose, no. But guess who's here to save the day? It's man meat. Man me to the rescue. Yeah. Oh, and he is godlike in his description. He's like, Rose describes the scene as like, you might be super strong, but if you don't know how to use the strength, it doesn't mean anything. And Dimitri had been training his whole life. And he's just like, bam, 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 bam. And then Natalie's dead. Yes. Just flat out staking her. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, we have. Then we get a moment between the two of them, right? Where yeah. he's like, why I love you, and he's like, we can't be together. You're 17, and like I can't be Lisa's guardian and love you because if there was danger, I would definitely throw myself in front of you instead of in front of her, and that's not my job. <laughs> yes, he's basically going. I'm gonna take my job, not you. But also, you're 17, and it would be less weird later in life, but, like, we both want to be Lisa's guardian. It's going to be super weird. Yeah. I mean, also... Also, he's Russian. Just (laughs) He's not a Russian into this relationship, that's for sure. (laughs) Ah. But it's... That's fine. But the whole... whole, um, I do get the whole, like, I can't concentrate on my job sort of point, but just because they're not together wouldn't mean that his feelings would disappear. So even if they're not together, he could still fuck up his job because yeah, he still he loves her. Like, none of this changes anything. Like, hä? Yeah. Yeah, but, but that would make sense. We ignore logical. that. But this is the yeah. teenage romance book. Yes, we ignore it for the drama for upcoming books. So Anyway, but Rose kind of agrees. She later later in the, in the epilogue agrees with him and they go on to to do more school yes because it's all about sacrificing one's own life and happiness for the greater moral yeah and that indoctrination yeah and that is the end of the cultish book one (laughs) yes that's pretty much all it is yeah and there yeah as we mentioned earlier there are six books so this goes on for a while if anybody cares they get together, and then they break up, and then they get together again. Um, so much, so much romance drama. It is, but the characters age up nicely, and I think their writing yeah. style does age with the characters in the same way like Harry Potter does. Like, it gets more complex, and the characters get more complex as they get older. Yeah, I have to say I didn't care too much when the whole politics started, but meh. Yeah, I think it gave you an idea of just how fleshed out that world is for her, though. That yeah, I mean, she had to do a bit more world building eventually. Yeah, um, but, like, I enjoyed the novel. It's a really good read. I read it in about four hours. Um, it's really light reading. Yeah, it's definitely something you can read while doing other stuff. It's well written, that's true. Yeah. I would recommend to any teenage girl or anybody who enjoys a bit of teenage romance, blossoming romance, it's really good escapism in these trying times. Yeah, also it's not, I mean, there are a couple of cringy lines in there, but it's not too cheesy that you can't read it if you're slightly older than the target group. So. Oh, yeah. I am quite happy reading this to myself. When I have to read this out to you, <laughs> that's when it gets really cringy and I take on a very odd tone. Ah, that's okay. I think... We're allowed to cringe at the cringe. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, well, was the Empire of... Academy. It is a big deal. I took advantage of you. No, I said evenly. You didn't. Rose, I'm seven years older than you. In ten years, that won't mean anything. But for now, it's huge. I'm an adult, and you are a child. Ouch, I flinched. Easier if he'd just punched me. You didn't seem, my... you didn't seem to think I was a child when you were all over me. Just because your body, well... That doesn't make you an adult. 
We're in two different places. I've been out in the world. I've been on my own. I've killed Rose. People, <laughs> not animals. And you're just starting out. Your life is about homework, clothes, and dances. You think that's all I care about? No, of course not. Not entirely. But it's all part of your world. You're still growing up and figuring out who you are, and that's important. You need to keep doing those things. You need to be with boys your own age. I didn't want any boys my own age. I didn't say that. Didn't say anything. Even if it was your choice not to tell, you need to understand that it was a mistake and it's never going to happen again. Because you're too old for me? Because it isn't responsible? No, because I'm not interested in you in that way! I stared at the message. Rejection came through loud and clear. That bit? Or... When in the rescue, there's another bit that I really enjoyed. Basically what I'm hearing in all of them is the slight background of pedophilia. It's not pedophilia. She clearly doesn't look like a child. It doesn't matter if she looks like a child or not. She's definitely illegal. That's not what pe- That different issue. Pedophilia, though, means an attraction to prepubescence. And she has been through puberty. She has the boobs to prove it. Yeah, more looking at it from a legal standpoint, I think, then. What is the age of consent in Montana? It might be 16. You don't know. You don't know their story. <laughs> I mean, if it's Montana, it's probably like 13. Uh, well, that's for marriage, not for sex. <laughs> it's the it's somewhere in the rural US. I don't want to know what the fucking consent laws are over there. Alrighty. Google says it's 16. So there, she's legal. Because she's 17. But it kind of matters how old the guy is, too. No, Because a lot of the time... No, this is Montana. Oh, God. Fuck America. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I didn't need to know that. Oh. I agree. It doesn't seem right. Because, as he mentions in the book, they're in two different places in life. She is still in school. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's finish this off here before we get into actual pedophilia. Um, alright, cool. Alrighty, well, that was Vampire Academy. Um, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Catch our next episode uh, next week on any platform that does the podcasts. And do follow us on Instagram under TRedLightly and Facebook and all the other social medias. If you want, you can send us an email at tredlightlypod at gmail.com. Go to our uh, go to our Patreon and tell us what sort of book you want to hear us review next. Yeah. And ramble on about. Pick books that I hate or books that Trex hates, depending on what you want to hear. Or books that you <laughs> love. See if you can find find a book that I haven't read yet. Catering to all the status out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs>